Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Bingeworthy, a podcast about all things television, streaming, what we watch, and how we watch it. Hosted by myself, Mike D'Angelo, and editor-in-chief of The Playlist, Rodrigo Perez. Bingeworthy helps you, the listener, keep track of it all, know what's what, and which of these many dozens of shows being released each week and month are worth tuning into. Okay, today we're discussing the new True Life murder mystery miniseries, Under the Banner of Heaven, which premieres on actually premiered on Hulu uh, on April 28th. The show follows a devout Mormon detective, Pyrie, played by Andrew Garfield, whose faith is tested as he investigates a brutal murder seemingly connected to an esteemed Utah family's spiral into LDS Mormon fundamentalism and their distrust of the government. The show also stars Gil Birmingham, Daisy Edgar-Jones, Wyatt Russell, Sam Worthington, Rory Culkin, and many more. Uh, After Rodrigo and I discuss our thoughts on the series, writer, director, showrunner Dustin Lance Black stops by to chat with Rodrigo about making the series. Uh, Okay, Rodrigo, we've gotten to watch the first five episodes of the series, which totals uh, seven, I believe. So let's talk about what your thoughts are on the the show so far. What do you think of the overall vibe? I dig it. It's pretty cool. I mean, there's some things that that have, there's some things that I have issues with. Yeah. But I think our review kind of nails it really well that, that kind of says, you know, despite some of its issues, there's a very good cast here doing very good stuff. And that's something that I can definitely get on board with, like Andrew Garfield doing great stuff. Sam Worthington, who like, I mean, Sam Worthington has been after the world of Avatar as, I don't know, chased those kinds of roles, but his his debut role that I ever saw him in was an Australian film called Somersault. And he was Mm -hmm. great in that. And this reminds me of that Sam Worthington. Yeah, he's really, really good in this. Wyatt Russell is really, really good. Yes, in this. Wyatt Russell's very, very good. That guy's like, you know, his career's just kind of sort of just kind of starting, you know, in many ways. I mean, I know he got that Marvel role and stuff, but he's fairly new. But like that guy is he's still he there's so many better things to come. He's he's really good. Yeah. Daisy Edgar Jones is great in everything. Um, I love Gil Birmingham, you know, he's he's uh, so good in this. <laughs> he's great in this. He he grip, he gives a, a great counterpoint to the Mormon faith faith as a is a detective who's not a Mormon and doesn't really give a shit about any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, Billy Howell, Rory Culkin, Adeline Clemens. It's a really good cast. Yeah, Rory Culkin is doing something different here from anything you've ever seen him do. Yeah. Yeah. And some really good directors too. Yeah. Uh, David McKenzie, who uh, people probably know from Hell or High Water, Perfect Sense, Hall and Foe, Outlaw King. You know, he's a Scottish director who does, a. he's really, really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, Courtney Hunt, um, Sundance director from a few years back who did that film Frozen River, which won the jury prize at Sundance 2008. Dustin Lance Black does an episode. And also we haven't seen it, but Isabel uh, Sandoval, uh, who did the uh, lingua franca she uh excuse me she uh did an episode as well 
what I really appreciated about the show and what I've been telling people is that it is very unique in its vibe. Like it's a dark murder mystery show. Yes. That a lot of people are probably going to come to just because they like these kind of true crime murder things. But there is like the Mormonism of it all. I I was almost kind of turned off by how soaked in Mormonism the show was like the first episode, Mm -hmm. but then you kind of get acclimated to it and the terms and the, you know, religious fundamentalism of it all. And the story of Andrew Garfield just kind of like struggling with his faith because he's like this steadfast Mormon who has never really had to kind of look at some of the harder truths of the religion and yeah he's never had to look he's never had to look inward and interrogate his own faith Mm -hmm. and that i'm glad you brought that up because i think i also wanted to say like that's probably for me one of the strongest points of the show it's not so much the the murder mystery because the one thing that's like there's not that much of a mystery to it. We, no. You know, it's a show about Mormon fundamentalism. And what's sort of interesting too, is it's showing like that, you know, white religions can have extremism too, you know, and without spoiling anything, it's not that hard to figure out the the murder mystery element to it. But um, the, the stuff of the, about faith, I find really, um, really interesting him grappling with it. And, you know, I think that sort of ties into a lot of like where Dustin Lance Black is coming from, because he he's from the Mormon faith. He like left it, you know, he grew up in it. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know about that. Yeah, so you talk yeah. a lot about that in the interview. Absolutely. That was the first thing I brought up. Wow. <laughs> because not only was he like, you know, grown up in, in the Mormon faith, from like a child. And I think he left it around the age of like in high school, some sometime around like that he left, but he was, he was gay too. He is gay. Oh, and, okay. and and so like, think about that, right? Like, you know, those kinds of faith are, are not yeah. <laughs> welcoming and, and encouraging of anything other than traditional like man and wife uh, relationships. And, and, you know, he, it was really hard for him growing up. So, you know, as you can probably imagine, you know, a, a guy who's who's in in a Mormon faith and um, and then he's gay, which his, his religion probably frowns on. And, and I mean, like, that's a real huge conflict. So it's that kind of stuff that I think that kind of like interpersonal conflict is that what he seems to me, um, maybe reading into it a little bit, but sort of what he grafts onto Andrew Garfield and, and is someone who who's becoming starting to, to just become more enlightened to his own religion and what it's all about and some of the hypocrisies of it and all these horrible things going on. And it really, really starts to really sort of chafe and challenge him, you know, like existentially, spiritually, yeah. he's having a total uh, spiritual crisis by the end of, you know, the, the fifth episode that we're watching. I don't think that's much of a spoiler. And, and that's like the real, that's the real heart and soul of the, of the series to me. That yeah, definitely. Him, him going through that and then which is really interesting is is gil birmingham as his as his partner the the native american uh, detective bill taba who's sort of like in a way like poking at that crisis <laughs> by just kind of like never believing it in the first place and it's a really interesting device in in the way that like you know that's it's sort of the invented part of the of the story too that these two detectives i mean they are sort of based on composites and stuff but it's sort of like it works in two ways. It works in this great sort of like on the on the narrative level for Andrew and, and Gill's characters to like fight and you know have this sort of classic detective thing where they're they're, they're at odds with one another. But it also sort of like lets Dustin Lance Black work through his stuff, but work through his stuff in a way that's thematically rich for the show. 
and it's it's a way for Andrew to approach like a lot of people have been pointing out while he's on this the kind of press tour he's on for this that he takes a lot of religious roles whether it's Tammy Faye or Hacksaw Ridge or whatever mm. it might be or what was the Martin Scorsese one Silence Silence oh yeah 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 I never <clears throat> thought of that uh, but this one I think it, it it at least approaches it in a totally different way where usually he's like a man of faith who is steadfast in his faith this is him kind of unraveling. Um, right. And I think it's a unique performance, you know, within his career. And he's coming off probably the best year of his career. Absolutely. With yeah. Mainstream Tammy Faye, Tick, Tick, Boom and Spider-Man. Spoiler. Yeah, I don't that's know. A big, big year for him, man. Yeah. And this is an excellent and Academy Award nomination, well. right? Yes. Like, Academy so, Award like, nominated. He was he's yeah, he's coming into this like at the height of his powers and he's really good. And yeah, he's having a he's really having a banner year or banner extended year. I mean, what did you think? Because I know it rubbed up against me a little weird. What did you think of the digressions into kind of the origins of Mormonism with Joseph Smith right. and Brigham right. Young? Yeah, that's a that's something that I'm not a huge fan of. And I think in general, maybe that's uh, maybe a overall criticism people have the show. It sort of does these sort of flashbacks to the Church of Latter-day Saints or, or the origins of it. And it tries to maybe explain some of the origins of, of, of Mormonism. And it does get slightly confusing. I understand the reason why that's there, though, because the book is based on, or the movie, sorry, the series is based on the book by John Krakauer, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that, you know, famous author who did like Into the Wild. And he, he does a lot of like sort of investigative historical things like this. He did a book on Pat Tillman. Um, and his book is all of that. It's like kind of the the origins of Mormonism, and some of the fucked up things that it's based off of. So I get why all that stuff's there, but um, Dustin sort of uses that as a launching pad to do his own kind of thing. Yeah, and it generates you know a very unique story. It's got great performances. I'm really interested to see how it lands in the final two episodes because we haven't necessarily gotten to see right uh where it lands and how you know the origins tie in necessarily or if you know that really ties in at all but you know for that reason just because of the uniqueness of it all and andrew garfield's performance and gil birmingham and all the and sam worthington like you said white russell i'd give it the stamp of approval in a second especially if you like these kind of like true crime murder series for sure and and i gotta say i really enjoyed talking to dustin lance black he seems like a really cool dude he just he comes from a real you know like we just started talking about his faith and uh, or coming from Mormonism and, you know, something that a church that he left and he was very candid and very honest about that and how difficult and painful and emotionally uh, hard some of that stuff was. And um, I found it, yeah, it was, I found it to be a really, really interesting conversation. He's a really fascinating guy. He's obviously an Academy Corps award winning writer and yeah. And, and he just was like all about his cast. He, one of the things that he said, which I was like, yeah, that's totally true, dude. He's like, I, I was so lucked out in getting an amazing cast, which is totally true. And yeah. then also like an amazing set of directors. And I was like, yeah, that's like undeniable mm-hmm. in what, what he scored for his uh, first, uh, first series is, is true. And Oh, an, an interesting tidbit is that this started out as a movie that he was writing, that he, that he had gotten the, the rights to this with um, Imagine Television, who does Imagine Entertainment, Brian Grazer and Ron Howard. And they were developing this as a movie ages ago. Wow. Many, many years ago. I think it goes back as, as far as like 
after milk, like 2008, 2009. Oh, wow. Okay. And so it was something they were developing for years and years. And then only like, although still pretty prescient, like about three years ago, he said that they were like, what if, what do you think if we turn this into a series? And then it kind of bell went off in his or like, you know, the light bulb went off and he went like, oh my God, yes, this would be so much better and so much easier. And I could all instantly figure out how to tell this story better rather than compacting it on, you know, uh, in a movie form, I can I can tell it in a miniseries, and basically that, you know, from there on, it was like oh, it was up and running, and they they sort of cracked the the nut of the story that way. Yeah, I can't wait to hear that interview, but I it kind of lines up with a lot of the television we've been watching, and you know some of the the series that have been landing recently, or that we see coming up that we've already seen. Uh, what a lot of these true crime murder mystery miniseries were kind of circling the drain in film world and suddenly had life now that the the miniseries has taken off like it has and people have such uh, a hunger for this kind of story it's fascinating stuff for sure okay well once again under the banner of heaven premiered its first two episodes on hulu on april 28th let's throw it over to rodrigo's interview with dustin lance black Hi, Rodrigo. How are you? I'm, I'm glad to, to talk to you. I just caught up with, uh, well, we're given five episodes, and I just, just finished the fifth one not that long ago. Wow, all right. Ago. Um, all right. Just been mainlining through stuff, and uh, it's it's quite the ride. Um, I mean, I, there's obviously a lot of ways that you could have come to this, but tell me just the, you know, the genesis of this, like how, how you got on board. You know, obviously you have a lot of connections to some of this in, in terms of your, your upbringing and stuff, but like how did you, how did this come about? If I take it all the way back to my upbringing, yes, it starts with uh, being raised as a devout Mormon boy, right. and uh, and and it, it's worth noting that I was a, a devout Mormon who uh, was raised mostly by a single mom who was also a true believer. I loved the church that I knew. I loved the culture of the church that I knew. But you know, I was a curious kid. I was on more than one occasion alarmed at the way my mother was treated in the faith. And I had questions about why my mother was inferior, because that's what I was learning. Um, that didn't square with me. But um, I, the more curiosity I showed, the more trouble I got in. So I tried my best to do what I was instructed to do, which was to put my questions on a shelf. And it would be a really long time uh, before I read, I guess it was 20 years ago now, before I read uh, John Krakauer's book. Oh, wow. 20 years ago. Um, yeah. And that, that, I mean, listen, at that point, my mother had left the church. I had left with her, you know, grudgingly. But I had these lingering questions and doubts. And 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 that book answered so many of those questions. It brought up new questions. Uh, you know, I, I immediately, you know, I, I it, it might surprise some people, but like I found myself mostly in my life in a position defending the church, uh, just remembering what it was like to be called a a plaguey and kids asking if they can meet all my moms. And, you know, I was like, listen, that's not, that's not my experience. And I don't know what you're even talking about because the, the history was kept from us in the Mormon faith, in the mainstream Mormon faith. And so, you know, I, I, I found myself in this position of defending the faith. And here was a book that said, Hey, let's look at where all this comes from. Let's dare to do that. And, um, and it made me ask a lot more questions. It made me look into what the church had problems with, with the book. 
and to get answers around that and, and even more. And I just increasingly felt like it was my obligation um, to tell the story. I think I, I found um, Brenda Wright Lafferty incredibly inspiring in her, you know, I can't overstate how courageous it is to be curious as a woman in the Mormon church. I mean, it's a sad thing to have to say, but Brenda mm-hmm. Wright was curious and she asked questions and she challenged the patriarchy. Right. Uh, and she paid the ultimate price for that. I was raised by a mother who also was courageous and asked questions and got in trouble for that. And I felt like I had an obligation. There's not a lot of Mormons in Hollywood in a position I'm in to be able to finally throw the door open and to let light in, light that's needed to get into the crevices of that um, space for a very long time. And so when I finally found myself in a place where perhaps I could you know, get, get a writer as esteemed as John Krakauer to trust me with a property of his, well, I, you know, I, I jumped and, and I asked uh, Sean Penn, who we were making milk at the time, he had just made Into the Wild. I just asked him, how, how do I go about it? Could you introduce me? And, and he did. But that's the beginning of the journey. Wow. Yeah. That's such a long time. I mean, that's like not that long ago, but in a way it is. That's many years ago. Yeah. It feels like a lifetime ago, you know, and then it was like this massive journey. I sold it as a feature and it was a huge mistake. Yeah. I was going to say like back then it was probably a feature, right? It was a, yeah, it was a feature film uh, set up at Warner brothers. You know, my partners with Imagine who have been with me this entire time and great partners, but there was just no way, there was no way to do what the book does. Um, to create this very sort of active experience for the viewer that the reader has when they're reading the book, meaning like, uh, you know, the reader is being asked to, 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 to walk side by side with John Krakauer and to actively find the connections between uh, a religion's history and the actions taking place under the banner of heaven or in the name of God today, today being the 80s in this in this case. And so, you know, I, I, I needed a lot more room than two hours if I was going to tell both the Lafferty story and the Mormon history story. And I also found that doing both at the same time felt academic. It felt like the narrator, the storyteller was the editor or the director. And, and that's, you know, it, it, the book feels more personal than that. The experience is more personal than that. Um, but these screenplays were terrible and they were like three, 400 pages. Uh, I mean, bless Ron Howard for having the patience to like trust in me to keep going. So at some point the culture changes in terms of like, you know, as we, as I'm sure you very well know, <laughs> I don't need to tell you, but uh, you know, uh, adult drama sort of shifts to television and, yeah. and the miniseries expands and what seems like, Oh no, we can't do it seems like a great opportunity to me. Like I, I love the miniseries personally. Like I think it's like it's the best. I know. If you're a reader, if you're someone who likes reading books, you're gonna love the miniseries because it's that yeah. same kind yeah. of immersive experience. But you know, it's a little commitment phobic. It's not gonna go on forever. We know it's gonna be over. Um, you know, like a good book. And it was uh, Brian Grazer called me probably four years ago and said, "Hey, listen, you got under the banner of heaven sitting on a shelf right now." What do you think if we brought it someplace that would let us turn it into this limited series? And that sounded like a really good idea to me. I mean, at that point, I I felt like there was at least a chance I could, you know, tell the stories I needed to tell in a way, you know, and to give them enough time to develop, give it enough time that we understand who these people are. um, And to really, you know, to fully examine these issues side by side in a way 
where the audience is trying really hard to keep up with and maybe get ahead of the investigator because that's what you do in a good true crime thriller. Right. I was like, oh, all right, that's what it needs. If it felt thrilling and investigative when I read the book, why don't I just make an investigation story a part of this? Right. Why don't I look into what the actual investigation was? And it was thrilling. Yeah, that's a little bit of the, well, I don't know, it's like a nonfiction, right? And you're turning into, it. the Jeb character, I assume, is more of like the fictionalized part of it sort of yeah right? jeb jeb and bill are fictionalization yeah. they're creations yeah. but um, they work kind of perfectly for the story because it's like this uh especially for for jeb and and i am assuming that's going to be somewhat personal for you like this whole i love the sort of the the you know this devout father and 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 policeman but also this sort of this conflict of faith that that really starts to come in as he starts to see more and more of it that's to me the real heart of this thing you know yeah yeah it is what a conundrum. I mean, some of this came from speaking with some of the officers who actually did investigate the case and asked not to be depicted, by the way. So mm. uh, the uh, I mean, they were very cool, but they did not want to revisit this. And mm. the, but the stories they told me without naming names said, listen, our job is to ask questions. Our job is to dig deep. Our job is to figure out the truth in service of justice. Mm. What happens when a case comes where it demands that we dig into the history of the church. It demands that we dig into fundamentalism, which means going back to words written and said by Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, we're not supposed to do that as Mormons. You know, in this part of Utah, an investigator like this had to decide, am I going to do my very best to find justice for Brenda and her daughter? Or am I going to serve the church and to sweep this under the rug? Yeah, it's not questions. Uh, it's a difficult choice, and the stakes are very high. And I don't know if people know this, but you know, if you if you are cast out of the Mormon Church, it's not just that you lose, you know, your Sunday activity. This sure. is a seven day a week kind of church. You're going to lose your family. You're going to lose your community. You're that's a, that's a, a huge point that I was thinking of. Is like what I really like about it. Another element I like about it is the whole idea of community. It's like such a it's such an, you know, and, and for, for Jeb, it's that this walking, like in a way, which path, which will you walk the righteous path? And that means two different things to two different communities, right? For his church community, that's like the righteous path is to, to do what's right by them. And for him, it's that it's kind of a, it's a great, it's a great conflict. It's a great, yeah, I thought, it, I, I thought so. I, uh, and it was, you know, uh, born of my experience, born of conversations mm-hmm. with actual investigators in the area those who knew the Lafferty's and others who didn't. And, um, you know, but I also felt like it was, it was wise to have the perspective of someone completely outside of the faith, which is the bill. Um, And, and clearly the tension between the two of them, you know, I, 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 it's not a mistake that I put the junior in terms of age and experience detective in the senior position. Very telling. I mean, you know, yeah, I really like Gil Birmingham too. He's oh really great. Gosh. He's fantastic. Isn't um, he? We've talked a lot about this thematically and stuff, and it's really rich material. I love it. But I should probably ask you a little bit about just working with this cast because they're so great. You know, Andrew, Daisy, Gil. Uh, tell me just about like choosing them and finding them. They're all just, they're all so great. I mean, I'm the luckiest guy on the planet. <laughs> I mean, I felt that uh, as I was starting to hear yes from this actor and that actor and 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 on set. I felt like the luckiest writer, director, whatever, all those things that I was doing there. And, you know, I, the common denominator, and it's partly how I made my choices and made the offers. 
mm-hmm. uh, was I wanted to work with people who were curious about this subject, who were curious about the nature of a God and why it is that we unquestionably still teach our children to pray to a God who does not treat genders equally. Yeah. We sort of don't question it. We just teach each other, oh, this is Christianity or this is this religion or that. It's really not, it's certainly not exclusive to the Mormons or Christianity. Sure, yeah. Um, but, you know, I wanted to, to work with people who were curious about those questions, who were curious about faith, who would, yes, I'm glad they listened to my lived experience and read the scripts, but they also devoured my research. And I would say almost all of them reached out to the sources uh, that could provide them firsthand information, whether that be the actual people, if they were still alive, or in the case of Andrew Garfield, going to Salt Lake City, Utah, in a very busy time for him last year, so that his depiction didn't rely solely on my experiences. He could he, he could build a character based on his own and who he met there. So, um, you know, I, I think artists who are curious, that's so important. And not all actors are. These actors are. Uh, actors who were diligent and and will do the hard work in the research. That was important to me. All of these actors did that. And and frankly, last but not least, and this is certainly true for Daisy and for Andrew, I needed to know that I was going to be working with actors who understood what they were stepping into. And not just the creative challenges, but the potential for backlash, for scrutiny and criticism. Uh, this it is well known that the Mormon Church does not take kindly to people depicting their faith, and uh, they they went after the book, and they're going to come after this. Right. And and I wanted I wanted a cast who knew what they were walking into, that knew that no matter how hard you work and how detailed you get, you will have your work challenged. And I want you I wanted them to understand why that was, and so. Uh, it was you know, it, for Andrew, I think his curiosity, which is clear just in his career choices around faith, I knew, I felt confident he understood the potential challenges and dangers in taking a role like this. Uh, I hope that they get celebrated for their hard work, uh, but I also want them to be safe. You know, when you take roles like this, you put yourself uh, sometimes in the line of fire. You have uh, also, I mean, talk about you know, you're talking about you're saying how lucky you felt with your cast, um, your directors as well. I mean, you've yeah. got this really, really terrific list uh, of filmmakers, uh, Courtney Hunt, David McKenzie, Isabel Sandoval, like, wow, yeah. like, that's like pretty incredible. And and you're like writing, directing, show running. And um, that's a big job. <laughs> no, no, it is. That's and my be... personal hero and Tommy Shalami, who you haven't seen it because I haven't. Right. That's one of the far ones. Quite yet, though. It's quite close. But yeah, I did the finale. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, television is a team sport, so uh, you better put together a great team. And I, I felt really lucky. I, it was important to me that it wasn't just a bunch of dudes. And, uh, and so we made sure of that. I learned a lot from each of these directors. They were all uh, different in one way or another, but we had to become a team so that it felt that it, like it was of a piece stylistically, you know, and I guess it was my job to keep it on the rails in that way. So, you know, it was easier uh, when it was episode five and I got to step behind the camera, but there's not time for a showrunner to do that uh, on every episode and do it all well. And so it was great to have directors there who I had full faith could do it well. Isabel Sandoval was a really inspiring one, though. She hadn't even done television yet. And she stepped in and knocked it out of the park. Wait till you see episode six. Oh, cool. Boy, she's got a hell of a future ahead of her. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. 
I got to wrap, but thank you so much. Um, I really can't wait to see the rest of this and, you know, yeah. best of luck with everything. It was We'll try to get it to you as soon as possible. I got once I can get back in the editing room tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Take care. Thanks again.